When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now I want to turn to uh, a long, dear friend, uh, David Asman. You all know David Asman from uh, Fox News and Fox Business News. Uh, he and I first met when he was with the Wall Street Journal, and we both, I think we overlapped at the Wall Street Journal. He was um, uh, on the uh, opinion page there and did an amazing job. And he's one of the smartest, uh, knowledgeable guys about what's going on with the economy. David, thanks so much for joining me this, this afternoon. Well, thank you. When when did you start at the journal on the edit page? Well, I think I we just about missed that, each other. I was there from I I think you might have just left when I got there because I think yeah, I, I left in the I left in the spring of ninety seven. I started in nineteen eighty three. That's amazing. Uh, and and covering Latin America and doing the manager's journal and then and then uh, the last two years I was op editor and then I then I left in ninety seven to join Fox and I think that's just about when you arrived. Yeah, I, I started right around 2000. So we did not overlap, but it felt like we were there at the same time. But, but <laughs> I'm glad well, we you brought up the early. And, and you know, in, in, in prepping for this uh, particular show with you, I, I was going back to some old articles uh, written by Robert Bartley, the great, the late great editor right. who hired me in 1983 and probably hired right. you in, in 2000. And, uh, uh, you know, the, it's amazing how history repeats itself, not only uh, uh, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, foreign policy. We see a lot of that with what's happening today in the Ukraine, but but also in economic policy, because because the Reagan revolution, uh, which I hope is coming, <laughs> ended ended an era of stagflation and and high, uh, high inflation, low growth. Which, which I think we're entering into now. So it's just like it's almost exactly identical to the period we're in now with the late 1970s. Well, that's why I wanted to have you on, because you and I had, uh, had uh, been pinging back and forth uh, this week about the, you know, the situation with the jobs and the inflation. And um, it, there are so many similarities to what happened under Jimmy Carter in the late 70s with Biden in the White House right now. Um, and I I'm. I think that you and I had a slight disagreement about whether back in the early 80s, when Paul Volcker was the Fed chairman uh, and Reagan was elected president, uh, they basically made a deal uh, to get this inflation under control. Why don't you kind of explain to people, because you you were kind of covering this back then, what happened and how is it that Reagan and Volcker were able to get that inflation rate down from what to 11% down to like three and 4% within right. 18 months. Well, uh, Reagan came into office uh, in, in January, 1981. Uh, right. And, and we were already halfway into a recession at that point. We've been in a state That's of right. stagflation for years, uh, okay. which was kind of going in and out of, of, uh, of recession. It's kind of like when you have a, a stomach ailment and you, 
you feel sick and sometimes you actually get sick and then you, you but you, you always have that sense of nausea. We had, we had about a decade yeah. of feeling nauseous, you know? Right. And, yes. and so Reagan, when Reagan came in, the inflation was at 10%. Uh, interest rates were, were tickling at the 20% level, uh, yeah. which, which in, in some ways was actually better than you have now, because now you have, you have inflation far higher than the, than the interest rate. So we've got to, yeah. we've got to reverse that uh, before uh-huh. we really kill inflation. But at any rate, so he, he came in and in a terrible situation, realized that what we needed more than anything else to get, uh, to get things back on track was growth. And the best way to, to stimulate growth was through tax cuts. So he, he essentially adopted the uh, the Kemp Roth plan uh, and uh, of, of tax cuts and and uh, uh, really supercharged them. But in order to get some Democrats, because there were some Democrats at that point who believed in the the, the positive effect of tax cuts, in order to mm-hmm. get them on board, he had to make a deal. Reagan had to make a deal to delay the tax cuts until 1983. And so what happened? We had high, high interest rates because Volcker, Reagan said, okay, you go ahead and kill inflation. I'm going to take care of growth. Your job is to kill inflation. My job Mm -hmm. is to get Mm -hmm. growth going. Right. So that was the deal that he made with Volcker. uh, And he did support Volcker. He didn't criticize him, even though it it caused tremendous problems for the business community because they borrow money a lot for all of their their deal making and, and, and growth, et cetera. Uh, but when you have 20% interest rates, you can't, you can't afford to borrow money. So there was a recession in 1982, which Bartley claimed uh, would not have happened, or at least not have been as severe as it was, because it was a real tight in, uh, recession, if that deal to delay the tax cuts hadn't been made. So so dis- despite the fact that, that Reagan had to make a deal uh, with Democrats to delay the tax cuts. Once the tax cuts k- kicked in, in, right. in 1983, it was it was off to the races, and we had an average growth rate from 1983 until 1990, average yearly growth rate of three and a half percent, which was just yeah. just extraordinary. And of no. course, as you you often say, we had a growth rate in 1984 alone of about seven percent. It yeah. came back down to to four percent and then three percent bounced between three and three and a half percent for the next few years. But an average growth rate of three and a half percent. You you think of the the Obama years, for example, and and uh, what was the it was it was just under two percent in 2%, average growth rate. Yeah. Right? So it's half of that rate. So this yeah, is, exactly. This is ver- this is an important conversation, folks, because I want to just connect the dots here between what happened then, David, and what's happening now. So clearly we have, you know, we have um, our Jimmy Carter right now and, and Joe Biden who doesn't know what he's doing with respect to the economy. And he's, he's you know, um, reducing our energy supplies and, and allowing the government spending to keep going up and up. And that's, that's inflamed this inflation rate, which is now, you know, uh, somewhere, we don't know exactly, somewhere between seven, eight, 9% right now. And the, uh, so, Reagan comes in and they do two things, just to summarize what you're saying. Number one, he gives the green light to Volcker to say, go for it. You know, and I remember talking to Bob Bartley about this, by the way, and Bartley said there was a famous meeting 
that they had with with Volker because uh, he was running the editorial board at the time, and and uh, you know Bartley was urging him to raise rates to get this inflation down, and and uh, Bartley said that uh, Volker said, well, well, uh, Bob, will you still be with me when there's blood in the streets? You know, because <laughs> when you have to raise, you know, when you have to raise rates, you know, that does pinch the economy back. And uh, I think that uh, there are two, but the other part of this that's so often forgotten that you're exactly right about was it was the combination of getting the inflation down, but also by just putting a jet propeller on growth with these tax cuts and deregulation efforts, which, by the way, Trump borrowed a lot of that. Uh, you know, in 2017 and 18 to get the economy moving faster. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. W- would it work? Now, here's the thing that and this is there's two issues I wanted to bring up. To One where I disagree a little bit with you and and uh, and my friend and your friend Art Laffer, because Laffer agrees with you. He says, look, it, the problem was the reason we had that deep recession was that they delayed the tax cuts to, to really take full effect until 1983. And Laffer says, once those tax cuts took full effect, the economy just like jet propulsion. And you're sort of making that same point. And I'm making the argument that I think that the fed was just too draconian. And uh, so that I think is our disagreement. Um, and I don't know if we'll never know the answer, but uh, why don't you go and go ahead and defend Laffer? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's another, there's a whole nother aspect of this. And, and uh, uh, there, there was a, a friend of, uh, of, of Bartley's, my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. His last name, his first name is Bob, Bob, uh, uh, he taught at Columbia University. Uh, oh, Mundell, was, or? Mundell, Mundell, of course. Yeah. I, I, Mundell, who was right. a yeah. who was really he won the a Nobel guru Prize. For, yeah, yeah, he won a Nobel Prize. He was the guru of Bob in terms of uh, monetary policy and and fiscal policy and separating the two. Uh, and and he had a slight disagreement with uh, with with Art Laffer on that, but it was it was so in the weeds that I almost right. don't. I mean, one can get very deeply into the weeds in these things and and avoid yeah. the overall. And right now, we're in such a a, a real bare bones battle between yeah. uh, socialism and and yeah. capitalism. Just put writ very large. That the bigger issue, I, I think right now Bartley and Mundell and Laffer and and you and I would have all been ag- in agreement about what to do because. Yeah. Well, sit here. Uh, hold whether, on. Let me just interrupt. Let me just interrupt you for one second because the reason this is important, it's not just academic, right? It's not just you know a, a historical disagreement. It's about what do we do now, David? That's yes. what. I want. Yes. So, in other words, so there's a lot of people who worry. In fact, uh, you know, I had. Uh, Ryan Payne on earlier, and he's saying, oh, we don't need to raise rates. You know, the, the long-term forecast is for interest for, you know, inflation to be calm. And so the worry is that if they act too aggressively, they're going to cause a recession. And it sounds to me you're, you're on the side of getting this inflation down however we can do it. Well, the first thing we have to do, the one, the, the one as I mentioned before, the one thing that, that we're actually in worse shape now about than we were in, in uh, 1980 when Reagan took over was at least when Reagan took over, interest rates were higher than, than inflation. We have this worldwide 
experiment mm-hmm. with, with right. uh, negative interest rates. Uh, mm-hmm. Some countries actually did go negative. Their central banks actually uh, charge people money for for charge yeah, right. people interest for keeping uh, their their money at your yeah. bank. You know that's negative interest rates, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. The Japanese did it. The, some European countries did it, and we had it's a, so it's a worldwide experiment. We have done it. We now have it, uh, figuratively speaking, because as long as inflation is above the the rate of interest, uh, we're we have negative interest rates. So, yeah, 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 so yeah. this worldwide experiment is, 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 is a terrible experiment and it's, it's about to explode in our faces and it's just begun to explode in our faces. And so first thing, I think everybody agrees. I don't know about your last guest, but I would suspect that even he would think that interest rates in order to really kill, once we get to double digit inflation, that's where we're going, as Kevin Hassett and others have said. Exactly. Uh, you do have to get interest rates at least above inflation. Now that that's yes. gonna you can't do it overnight. I would argue as you would that that the shock therapy, a Volcker type of shock therapy right now is is not what is necessary. Uh, that that would scare the bejesus out of everybody, including yeah. the Wall Street. So I, I would agree that you have to do it incrementally, but you're not going to do it by quarter interest rates. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Rate rises, which is what the now, Fed is missing, now doing. Yeah. What's missing, though, from that, from the equation that we had in the early 80s was, you know, uh, that Biden comes out with a tax plan this week, David, that the Wall Street Journal editorial board says is a $2.5 trillion higher, you know, uh, uh, increase in tax over the next decade, whereas was Reagan wanted was cutting taxes. So it seems yeah. to me if you're going to raise tax – now, look, the good news is it looks like that tax increase proposal is dead. But even the fact that he would suggest something like that, it, it means they don't have the growth supply side uh, you know, model in their mind. I mean, how are you going to grow yeah. the economy if you're raising taxes by $2.5 trillion? They have absolutely no idea what make markets work and, and right. the, idea, the idea of incentives – what incentivizes a company? What incentivizes a corporation? What incentivizes an individual to work a little harder in order to get a little more money or expand his business yeah. a little bit? Uh, it's they they just because they're they're beltway creatures. Uh, yep. Most almost yep. all of the, the the people in the White House are. I mean, there there may be a couple of hedge funders in there like Brian Deese, but but basically they're all. Uh, they, yeah. they don't really know the free market from from street level. Uh, so yeah, they, they don't have the business. They really experience. have no idea how yeah. horrific yeah. that those tax increases would be. Yeah, and so that's what's really making me nervous. This combination of uh, you know raising interest rates, raising taxes at the same time. I think that could propel us into a recession. And you know, I did live through that 1982 recession. Boy, it was brutal. You know, I remember yeah. you couldn't even get a job at McDonald's. You know, the economy contracted right. so much. But you're right. Once those, this is the key point. Yeah, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. And I I read a great book about this uh, called uh, The Seven Fat Years by Great <laughs> by Robert Burley. About as soon as those tax cuts kicked in by Reagan, yes. you just saw this incredible, incredible surge of adrenaline in the economy. And 
I'm just it, it just troubles me that it, it's we have to keep learning this lesson over and over again, oh, and horrible. people don't seem to, to learn it. So now but what let's, is your let's, let's uh, yeah. keep our minds focused on two positive points. One, we we have right now, and it may be very short lived, but we have this extraordinary surplus of jobs in our economy. Eleven, yeah. more than eleven million yeah. unfilled jobs. So we're in yeah. a good spot. That's for, good news. Yep. For the Fed to raise rates. The other thing, the other good news is we still have the Trump tax cuts. We are still in the era of the Trump tax cuts. So we still have incentives for growth built into the system by those tax cuts, which were enormously successful, which helped uh, the blue collar percentage wise more than the white collar workers. And 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 we have to we have to emphasize how good those tax cuts were for our economy and particularly for for the middle class, because we got to keep our eyes on the middle class. The middle class is what makes America strong, what has made America strong for decades, for for more than a century now. And if we kill the middle class, we kill the the, the base of what our our economy, basically what our nation is all about. So that's what these folks, whether they're doing it intentionally or unintentionally, could do with their the policies that you described. And the reason what you say is so important, David, is that when you look at the inflation tax, and let's not forget, inflation really is just a tax. There were some estimates that I saw on on, uh, on Fox Business this week that, that estimated about $4,000 a year for the average middle class family. Well, actually, Bloomberg of- Bloomberg has it at, at 5500 a year. So 50, uh, Bloomberg wow. has it even higher. I don't want to credit a, a competitor, but that's what they say. Yeah. That seems a little high to me, but even let's say it's because my calculations are closer to four, but that's yeah. still got to be one of the biggest um, middle class tax increases one year in American history. And, and again, Absolutely. tax inflation is a tax on you every time you go to the grocery. It's almost like a sales tax you're paying every time you go to the grocery store or the gas pump. And so let's just end on this. Dave, we've got like one minute left. So do you see a way that we can get out of this? inflation nightmare without having a recession? Well, I said it's all about saving the middle class, and the middle class is, is all about saving America. So, yes, if, in fact, if in fact the, the elections coming up in November are so overwhelming, there might actually be some Democrats who care more about their job in Congress than they do about this, this left-wing ideology that's, that's being peddled, which is nothing but snake oil. So, if the elections are just an enormous win, I mean, I, I'm talking yeah. a really a historic win in terms of changing parties towards people that are more favorable to the market. If that happens, I think you're going to see the emergence and a tidal wave that will wash over the AOCs of the yes. Democratic Party and the other radicals who really don't care about the middle class, who who I mean, you, you hear AOC saying it's not important to have a job or not. We can stay home without having to work. The government can pay. I mean, real radicals like that will will be uh, in the dustbin of history. And that's that's the positive news. And, and it could happen in November. If it doesn't, I think we're we're in, in deep trouble. Well, folks, this is uh, uh, the More Money Show that you've been listening to. Uh, David Asman, who uh, worked for many years at the Wall Street Journal editorial board is and now is with Fox Business News. And to summarize what David just said, we need a little less Bidenomics right now. We need more Trumponomics and Reaganomics to save this country. David, yeah. thanks so much for joining me. Thank this you. Afternoon. Thank you. 
traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.